as each year rolls around on January 1st, people make a New Year's resolution. And, uh, and usually they break it somewhere around January 1st. And uh, they, they don't keep those <laughs> resolutions very long. Uh, but uh, here, here we are, here we are in March. Uh, and uh, it's hard to believe it's already March. That's incredible. Uh, and uh, I wonder, are we keeping our resolutions? Um, you know, many times we'll, we'll make promises to God and we'll pray and we'll talk to God and say, say God, I, I, I'm going to change and this is what I'm going to do. And we, we begin to make promises and all that and we find very quickly that we fail because we, we're relying on ourself, on our, our power, our wisdom. And, and I'm glad that we can come to God and, and find a new start. We can find a new beginning, a time when, when we can just come clean with God and just start over amen i'm glad that he gives us that privilege the bible says the bible tells us therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature when you come to christ and and uh, and trust him as your savior everything that you have ever done is wiped clean off of your slate and he makes you a brand new creature he makes you a brand new person in him and and he gives you a new life it's it's just as if You'd never sinned. That's what the Bible calls justification. He makes it just as if you had never sinned, never done anything wrong. It's, it's just as, well, he makes us just as righteous as he is. He gives us his holiness. Now, that's amazing. Now, sadly, we don't live those holy lives. And we find ourselves time and time again saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. The Bible tells us if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I thank God for the privilege of serving a God who, who hears our prayers. He's a personal savior. He's not like uh, the Bible talks about the gods that, that people around the world may worship and and, and says that our God is not a God like those. Uh, they have ears, but they can't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have mouths, but they can't speak. They have hands, but they can't do anything. They have feet, but they can't walk. But our God can. We serve a God who can. And He does. He does hear. He does see. He does work. He does walk with us and encourage us. But most of all, our God has a heart that loves us. And out of his love for us, he didn't want us to continue in our sin. Because he knew that, the, he knew that our sin was going to take us to a place that the Bible calls hell. To spend eternity separated from God in eternal judgment, eternal torment. And he said, I don't want that for, my, I don't want that for these people. And so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In today's passage, we're going to read, we're going to read about people who, who came to Christ and their lives, their bodies, their, and their, their entire life, it was just broken. And they tried different things, but, they, but nothing helped until they came to Christ. Let's look in our, in our outline. We've got Matthew 14. Verses uh, 34 through 36, it says, And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about 
and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. They had heard that Jesus had come into the, into the, the region and, and they wanted to go and see him and, and they had heard about his miracles. They'd, some of them perhaps had even seen him work miracles and uh, healing the sick and giving the blind their sight and uh, giving the lame the strength to walk and uh, letting the deaf hear and, and just doing so many wonderful things. Like touching a leper and cleansing them from their leprosy. And they wanted to see him. They wanted to see his miracles, but many of, them, many of them had infirmities in their own bodies, and they, they needed to get to Jesus. They believed, if I can only get to him, I, if, he might not touch me, he might not speak to me, but if I get close enough that I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe that he's got enough power that that power even comes out of his clothes. <laughs> and, and they said, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment, I believe I'll be healed. Others had friends that, or family members that, uh, that they knew were suffering and needed something from Jesus. They needed a touch from Jesus. And so they brought them to Jesus. They just wanted to get close enough. And notice it says, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Over in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 5, rather, we, we see, we see a, a parallel passage uh, it's, it's Mark's telling of these events and, and he, he goes in and he tells, he tells about the life of, of three, three groups of people, three individuals specifically who, uh, whose lives Jesus just totally transformed. We see, uh, we, we see a man uh, who, who was, uh, who was uh, possessed of demons. He was a demoniac is what he's often called. He was demon possessed. We see another woman who had a, who had a disease in her body that, that caused, uh, caused uh, this, this issue of blood, the Bible says. It just continued for, for many, many years, 12 years she dealt with this. And then we see a dead girl. She was, she was dead. But in every situation, Jesus made a difference. Let's look at it and see, see what the Bible says in Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 5. He says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him a man, uh, there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had, oft, he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man bind, uh, tame him. We'll come back to this man's story in just a few minutes, but let's, let's, drop, down, uh, let, let's drop down here to, uh, to verse, verse 21. It says, it says uh, uh, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when, he had, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay, hands, lay thy hands on her, and sh that she may be healed, and she shall live. Drop down again, and we see 
in, in verse, uh, verse 26, uh, 25, it says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. Many times we, we have a tendency to read, these, read about these, uh, these people in the Bible and, and just, just feel like that they were, those are, are fairy tales. Those are, those are just make-believe stories. But no, these were real people. These were real people that, uh, that, uh, uh, that had, had real issues in their life. And I can, I can relate. I, I've got issues. That's, you know, you know, it's kind of hard for people to admit, you know. I, so it's, it's hard for us to, to say, yeah, I have issues. But you know what? Every one of us do, don't we? We've got problems. We've got battles that we face. We've got weakness in our lives. We have failures. And, and, and we don't want anybody to know our failures. One of the things I've learned is uh, since I moved to since I moved to California uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, uh, one of the things that I've learned is that is that there are a lot of very creative people here in California. Everybody's got a got a, a business plan and a and a you know everybody's got a joke to tell and everybody's got a, a something that they want to perform you know and a song and a and maybe they want to do a movie or whatever I mean they're all actors and and everybody's really good at what they do. Some of them are not as good as they think they are, but their people are still good at what they do. And when you when you try to enter into fields like that, into that industry, whatever, you have to be very confident. And we got a lot of confident people. But sometimes that confidence ru runs over into pride. And every one of us are guilty of that, aren't we? Here in California, we are so saturated with our pride. And we don't want to admit, I got issues. If somebody, if somebody tells us that we've done wrong, what, who, who do you think you are to tell me? Yeah, we all have issues. You know, that's, that's the wonderful thing I like about church. Is we're a group of people that have issues. Our lives are broken. We have failed. But when we came to Jesus, he begins to fix us. Oh, we're not, we're not all fixed. We're not all better. Our most important problems are fixed when, we, when you come to Jesus. But he's still working on us. There's a little song that I, uh, we'd sing as, as, when I was a kid growing up. Is, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun, the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be, because he's still working on me. It took him just a week to make all of creation, and he's been working on me for 44 plus years. I must have really had, a, had issues, huh? Well, these people came to Jesus because they knew they had issues. They had problems. These were real individuals. 
These were real people. These were real people. They were real individuals. These individuals, uh, the Bible says in, in, in verse 2, says there met him a, out of the tombs a man. In verse 22, behold, there cometh unto, uh, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Verse 25, a certain woman uh, with an issue of blood. These, these were real individuals. And these, these real individuals had real relationships. And every one of them, because of their issues, their relationships were strained or even broken. The Bible tells us that this man, uh, that, was, that his, his life was filled, his body, he was filled with demons. The Bible tells us that, that he had his dwelling among the tombs. He lived in the cemetery. He lived in the graveyard among the tombs. And, and they many times they would bury people in caves uh, in, there uh, in the side of the mountains there in, uh, in, in Israel in, in that day. And, and sometimes perhaps he would live inside some of, those, some of those, those tombs. Living among death. Living among decay. Not living with his family. I don't know, but he might have had a wife at one time. When, she went, when he went crazy with these demons in his life, he left. I don't know if she kicked him out. I don't know what happened, but he's not living with her. I don't know, but he might have had kids. Dad can't be there to be a good influence on his kids because his his problems in his life caused that division, caused that separation. The, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, that because of this infirmity in her body, uh, in, under, under the Jewish law, her husband could even put her away. Her family life was just consumed by her medical issues. She tried to go here and tried to go there and sought for help. Then there was the dad, this ruler of the Jews, ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, that came and he said, my daughter. These real individuals with real relationships. I don't know, I don't know what you may have going on in your life. But whatever it is, no doubt it, it affects your relationships. It affects, your, your, it affects not just you, it affects everybody around you. Maybe those relationships are strained, maybe they're broken. I want to tell you, Jesus can heal those relationships. Jesus can fix it. Jesus can restore the Bible tells us in, in the Old Testament that, he can, that, that God can restore the years that the canker worm has, has eaten. What he's talking about an agriculture uh, there in the, 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 the fields, the crops would be eaten by these worms and, and uh, destroyed, cro entire crops destroyed. And God said, hey, I can restore that. He's, he's able. He's able to, to restore what we've lost in the past real 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 people 
real individuals with real relationships. Next we see these are real lives. Real lives. Dealing with real hurt. I don't know about you, but I, I don't like to hurt. When pain comes along in my life, it hurts me. And I don't like it. And, and it, doesn't, it, doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if it's a crick in my neck, you know, and I can't turn my neck. Or if i got a hangnail. If I'm hurting, it bothers me. And I, I'm, I'm very careful about it. And, and I might even tell somebody about it because, you know, all of us guys, you know, we, when we hurt, we want sympathy, don't we? Amen. Yeah, we want sympathy. I want somebody to know how I'm hurting and, and let them know so they, can, so they can take care of me, you know. Hey, guys, let's be honest. Aren't we glad that God let the ladies have the babies? Amen. Oh, but I've got this headache. You know, and she's like, mm, don't even say it. <laughs> But you know what? Sometimes in our hurt, we fail to remember that other, pe- other people are hurting too. Other people are going through things too. The people sitting on either side of you, they've got problems. They've got hurts in their life. They may come to church and, and have a smile on their face and, and they, may, they, may, they may look all excited and all happy and everything, but chances are, if they're breathing, there's some hurt somewhere. And maybe, maybe somebody doesn't answer as kindly as we would like for them to. And we have a tendency to want to get upset at them. But hey, let's remember, they, they might just be hurting. These people had real hurts. Now if they came and began to you know, compare their hurt... I don't really know which one would be hurting worse. This man whose life is destroyed spiritually because he's got all these demons in him and, and he's, he's cutting himself and living among the dead and, and separated from his family. This woman who's, who has spent her the last 12 years of her life seeking for healing and something to fix her, her issue and, and, and probably, just, probably caused a separation in her relationships. And, and here's a dad whose daughter is dying and he's like, you know, I don't, I don't know who's got it worse. Maybe the dad. But I don't know. The fact is, though, they all had hurt. And every one of them had, were, were dealing with real hurts. And I pray that our, that our response to those around us who are, who are hurting will, will be compassionate and, and tender and loving and merciful and kind uh, like Jesus' response to these people was. I hope that we would never, that we would never just kind of want to brush them to the side and say, you know, so big deal, grow up, deal with it. You ever had anybody tell you that when you're hurting? It's not fun, is it? I don't like it. But it really hurts. <laughs> Might not be that big of a deal. 
kind of like uh, I heard a preacher say one time that all surgery is major surgery when it's surgery on you, right? Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. When it's affecting you, it's major. It's real hurt. The Bible says that this, this man, he was always night and day in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself. He's crying for the agony of his soul and, and the torment that he's in, in his heart and mind and his spirit. And he's, he's just crying out and wanting to be free from this. But, but he can't get free from the control of these demons. And, and so he's cutting himself and trying to get them out of him. But he can't get free. Verse 23 tells us that Jairus besought Jesus greatly. He didn't just come and say, hey, Lord, if you've got a few minutes, can you come over to my house? My, my baby's dying. He besought him greatly. I, I can imagine, I can imagine he, he made his way through the crowd and, you know, just kind of, excuse me here, and getting, pushing people to the side and getting through because he had to get to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, he's like, Lord, hey, Lord, please, please, my, my baby's at home. My daughter's dying at home. And, Lord, if you could just come, you can heal her. Lord, I know you can heal her. Please, would you come? He besought him greatly to come and heal his daughter the woman the bible says she had an issue of blood 12 years she had suffered many things with many physicians yet grew worse every place she went she would she'd, she'd hear about a doctor and she'd go there and spend money to get this doctor to treat her. No better. She'd go over here and spend money for this doctor. And, and she'd, try, she'd try these essential oils. And she'd try this plexus. And she'd try that Advocare. And, and she'd try this, this program. And she'd try that. And, and she'd try all of these, these solutions. Because of her need. She was hurting. She put forth real effort. They really tried. It wasn't, it wasn't like these people were just, you know, like it was an afterthought. No, they were, they were focused on trying to get relief. They were focused on trying to, to, to have their need met. They were focused on trying to be free from these problems. They put forth real effort. Uh, the, Bible says, the Bible says that uh, even the people around this man, they bound him with chains. They tried to control him. And often, often we, we will address a problem by trying to control it. When what really needs to happen is they need a transformation. They need a change from the inside out. They don't need outward conformity. They need inward transformation. They, they bound him with chains. and uh, This woman had, had gone to many physicians and, and, and the, result was, uh, the result of their real effort was real failure. They'd bind this guy with chains and, and he would just break them. I've met some strong people in my day. But I don't know that I've met anybody that breaks chains. Other than Jesus, of course, but I, I don't know I've ever met anybody that can break a chain. 
But this guy did, and it, but it wasn't his strength. It was the supernatural strength of these demons in him. I've heard stories about people who were possessed with devils that could do some, some crazy things. Because the devil has power too. But there's a misconception in our society. It seems that uh, they believe that they believe that the forces of good, you know, God and, and, and his side, and the forces of evil, Satan and his side, that they're evenly matched. Sometimes you'll see these pictures on Facebook that says, like if you, uh, like if you love Jesus, keep scrolling if you love Satan, you know. And, and I don't want to have to like all those things, but I don't love Satan, so what do I do? You know. But they'll have this picture on there, like these armies clashing there on the ground, and above them they'll have this guy looking, you know, supposed to look like Jesus, got his arm up like this, and and this this uh, Darth Maul looking thing on the other side, you know, looking doing like this, and 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 it looks like they're evenly matched, and if one is more powerful, it kind of looks like the devil. In those pictures, that's not even close. The, they're not even close. They're, they're not evenly matched. Greater is he that's in you, the Bible says, than he that's in the world. God has so much more power. In fact, God has all power. The only power that Satan has is power that God has granted unto him. He can't do anything. I love the story of Job where, where Satan had to go and ask permission from God. And God said, yeah, you can, you can go and, and, and you, can, uh, you can involve yourself in Job's life, but you can only go this far. He gave him boundaries. God kept that, that lion on a leash, amen? He didn't let him get any further. And later, he, he gave him a little more room. But the boundaries that God set for Satan, Satan couldn't go past it. Because he doesn't have all power. But God does. These, these people had... had tried had tried so many things but it resulted in failure time and time and time again the fetters were broken in pieces the woman was nothing better but yet rather she grew worse her condition worsened and worsened and worsened then in verse 35 the servants come to Jairus and they said your daughter's dead tried we've tried but your daughter's dead failure every every effort that we put forth to try to resolve our own problems to try to take care of our greatest problem sin it's going to result in failure if you're relying on your own strength your own wisdom to overcome evil and sin in your life it's going to result in failure because we're not a match for sin we're not a match for satan we can't we can't go, we can't defeat him in our own efforts you can you can study all the all the the psychology and and all the philosophy and you can study all the all the history books and you can study all the science and you can study all the, uh, the, the everything that you want to study and you're not going to you're not going to get smart enough to outsmart satan cuz he's been, he's been at this thing of of fighting against us for 
6,000 years. I think he's got a little more experience than some of us. He knows exactly what, what tactics to take. But somehow, we think, oh, he's not going to get me. Because I've got a plan. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And, and we, we try all of these you know, self-help routes, and we try the 12-step you know, uh, programs, and we do all of these things in our own efforts, listening to man's wisdom, listening to, to man's ideas. But what if we just get back to God's Word? See, these, these real people with real lives, they resulted in real failure until... Until they came to Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, then and only then did they experience real change. That's when the real change took place. When they said, you know, I've, I've tried religion. I've tried, I've tried, uh, I've tried self-discipline. I've tried all kinds of things. I've made my New Year's resolutions. I've, I've joined, I've joined uh, uh, little uh, little uh, groups to to encourage one another to to do these things and I just can't get victory but you can find victory in Jesus because see Jesus is the real solution he's the answer to every question he, he's the he's the real answer for your life Why am I here? Jesus. What, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Jesus. See, our life as believers is supposed to be wrapped up in Him. Consumed in Him. In Him. We're to reflect Him to the world. He's the answer. Maybe there's some here today that you, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you. That burden that you've been carrying, that confusion in your heart and mind, the guilt that you, that you have. You've, you might have tried to bury yourself in your business. You might have tried to consume yourself in your career. And you, and you just, it, it just seems to get worse and worse. And that, that load of sin, that guilt that you carry, it seems to grow and grow and grow each and every day. And you just can't seem to get rid of it. And so you try something else and you try something else and you try something else. You know, we have never, in, in, our, in the history of the world, there has never been so many people in therapy as there is today. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with therapy, but I am saying that if we, if we would turn to Jesus, we might find that we didn't eventually need the therapy. Because he's the solution. The Bible says, Jesus said to the demons, Mark 5 verse 8, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. The word of God was spoken. He commanded the unclean spirits to come out. Mark, uh, Mark 5 34, And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. 
here she had gone around for 12 years seeking for help, seeking for solutions for, to, for her, her physical problems, and she had only gotten worse everywhere she went. But she came to Jesus, she touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she was made whole. Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go and be free of thy plague. Mark 5, 41 Jesus had, had gone with Jairus, uh, Jairus that, uh, that ruler of the synagogue, and, and he's making his way to Jairus' house, and, and the servants came and said, said thy, to Jairus, thy, thy daughter's dead. Why trouble you the master any, any further? And Jesus said, no, no, come on. So they went on to the house. They went on to the house, and, and Jesus went in, and he walked up to the girl, and he he took her by the hand and he said, Damsel, I say to thee, arise. Jesus entered the picture. And Jesus made a difference. Jesus touched the girl. And Jesus raised this girl from the dead. When, you, when Jesus enters, he makes a difference. He's the real solution. He brings about real freedom. Verse 13, we see the unclean spirits went out of the man. Verse 29, the woman was healed of that plague. Verse 42 says, and straightway or immediately the damsel arose. Jesus said, I say to thee, arise, and the damsel arose. What happened? The word of God. God's word was, was, was preached. God's word was spoken. God's word went forth and it did not return in vain. It did the work that it went forth to do. He commanded and it happened. There's real freedom. But real freedom only comes when we respond in faith. We respond believing the word of God. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. If you'll believe the word of God, you can have freedom. You can have healing. You can have the solution for your issues, the problems that you're facing in life. You say, but my problem is my problem is with my wife. Hey, let Jesus enter into the picture. My problem is with my kids. Hey, add Jesus to the equation. My problem is with my employer. Let, bring Jesus into the picture. Let just You talk to Jesus about it a little bit. Let him give you some direction. Get in his word and seek for wisdom of how to deal, deal with those things. And God's word will make a difference. There's real freedom. And when we, by faith, obey the scriptures, there's real transformation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But verse 2, he says, and be not conformed to this world. This world loves to try to cram us into their mold and, and to sh make us be shaped just like them, make us look just like them. They like to, they like to try to... to 
they like everything to be so cookie cutter and everything's just the same. They don't want us to be different from them because if we're different from them, it might make them feel bad about how sinful they're living. And so they try to cram us in their mold and we so often we're like, okay, you know, just kind of go along and let them cram us in their mold. We let the world tell us what to think and what to like and what to watch and what to listen to and how to dress. We let the world tell us all these things. But how about we stop being conformed to the world and be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Let God make a difference in your life. Let God make a change. Let him transform you let him give you peace that passes all understanding let him give you hope for tomorrow let him give you love like you've never imagined hey it's all there in his word and it's available to you real transformation is possible you can experience it today hey this is this is not one of those one of those uh infomercials you know you call now and you'll get a free set of ginsu knives it's nothing like that hey but i'm telling you it's so much better than that Because you trust Jesus and you become a child of God. See, there's an idea out there in the world that just because we are, that we're a child of God. No, everybody's not a child of God. The Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not the child of God. I don't say that because, because I don't like you, because I do like you. Say it because I love you. Because you never met me. I don't have to have met you. I love you. Because the love that Jesus put in my heart for you. Jesus makes a difference. And he wants to make a difference in you. I don't know what problems, what issues, what burdens you carry. It may, it may be health. And I'll tell you. Sometimes God chooses to heal. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he, he deals with it like he did with Paul. When Paul prayed and asked God three times to take away that, the, the problem that he had, he called it a thorn in his flesh. Some have believed that it might have been his eyesight. He prayed and asked God three times to take it away. God said no. God said my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I've got a friend that pastors in Connecticut. And uh, years ago, he, he went through, uh, he went through can- uh, cancer treatments. He said, he said his, his testimony is that next to salvation... And his wife and kids, <laughs> that cancer is the best thing God ever did for him. That's hard for us to, that's hard for us to listen to. That's hard for us to say. And, th- and, and this is not coming from, from, a guy who, from a guy who has never had cancer. This is the testimony of a man who went through it. God's grace was sufficient because he learned so much about Jesus during that those dark days he didn't respond like God why are you doing this to me he responded like God what are you trying to do in me what would you like to do through me 
Because he had faith in God's word. He had faith in God. And it made the difference in his life. Jesus made the difference in his life. Whatever your, bur- whatever your burden is, whatever you're carrying, whatever your struggle is in life, let me encourage you, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus and trust in him. This real transformation, uh, you, can, you, can, you can have a, a change in your relationships and you can have a change in your physical body, but here, here's, the, here's the thing, if you don't have a change in your spiritual life and that spiritual man, then everything else is in vain. Because this life is, this life is it's, the Bible says it's but a vapor. It's like when you boil water and, and you've got it there on the, on the stove and the flame under it or the, or the, the burners under it and, and it and it heats it up and, and it begins to boil and, and you see the steam rise off of that, that vapor that rises off of that. It comes off of the surface and it's pretty thick, but, as it, but before long, it's, it's evaporated. It's gone. The Bible says that's what our life is. You may, you may live a long life as far as, as, far as human, humanly speaking. It may be long, but it's not long in comparison to eternity. See, eternity is time that never ends. There's, there's no end of eternity. And when we, when we leave this life, we'll go into eternity, and we'll go either to heaven or we'll go to hell. There's, there's no... There's no uh, purgatory there's no in between there's no limbo it's either heaven or in hell and when we leave this life we we take our last breath we close our eyes in death uh, the life leaves this body and it goes immediately to either heaven or hell and you may you may have you may have tried to, to improve your destination. You may have tried to change your destination by, by going to church and by doing religious works. And you may have tried this and tried that and, and praying these prayers and, and all. But, but hey, religion doesn't change. doesn't change you. doesn't make a difference. It's only a relationship with Jesus that makes a difference. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It tells us that the wages of sin, the penalty for our sin, uh, the, 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 the wages that we have earned because we are sinners is death. Death and separation from God for eternity. But the, Bible does, but the Bible doesn't stop there. The wages of sin is death. And it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't, God didn't sit up there and say, all right, y'all, you bunch of sinners, a bunch of wicked people, wretch that you are, you straighten up your life and then I'll think about, I'll think about doing something to forgive you and restore. No, 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 no. He loved us. And he knew that we were headed for eternity in hell. And so he said, that's not what I want. And so he, he said, I will do something about it. And so he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross. And Jesus shed his blood at Calvary so that you could be forgiven. And I could be forgiven. And we could have eternal life with him. He says, 
the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I wonder, have you ever received that gift? Have you received the gift of eternal life? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? You said, I don't know how to do that. Well, a gift can only be received or rejected. So God has paid for it. He's packaged it up with a lot of other wonderful things that we learn about more as we, uh, the longer we're saved. But the most important thing is it's a relationship with Him and forgiveness of sins. It's eternal life. And He holds it out to you. And even today, if you've never received it, He's holding it out to you and He says, this is for you. I want you to have this because I love you. And that gift can only be received or rejected. If you say, God, I'm going I'm I'm to try to be good, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to stop sinning, and, and that's not receiving the gift of God. Receiving the gift of God is by faith saying, God, I know that I can't do anything to save myself. I know you did everything for me, and I trust you. God, would you please forgive me and save me? Give me eternal life. If you'll do that and mean it from your heart, today your life can be transformed. Maybe you'd say, I've already done that. I've already trusted Jesus as my Savior. I'm still battling with some things. I've still got sin in my life. I've still got this and that. Hey, I'll tell you, as long as we're in this flesh, sin will, be a t- sin will come as a temptation to us. But we don't have to give in to it. But maybe you have. And Satan has, has built a stronghold in your life. The Bible tells us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know what, pull, you know what the weapons are? It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God that makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference. Will you let Him? You don't know how long I've been, I've been out, of, out of his will. It doesn't matter. If you're his child, he's faithful and just to forgive you. If you're not his child, he's still faithful and just to forgive you. Because he loves you. He just says, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is that what you need today? I know we're real people. And I know we have real lives, but we need a real change, don't we? What change do you need Jesus to make through you? Will you trust him today? Let's stand together. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Lord Jesus, you've you've met with us today. You've stirred our hearts. You've challenged us. I don't know how you have worked in each and every heart. But Lord, you've dealt with each person individually. And Lord, individually, we need to respond to you. I pray that we'll trust you today to do the change in us that only you can do. Maybe there are some today that that they know that they're saved. They know they're believers. They know they've... They've received your gift of eternal life, but they need you to 
give them victory in an area of their life, maybe some sin that they've been engaged in, and they just need victory. I pray that even right now, they'll come to you and trust you to make a difference. I pray for those that are here that perhaps they've never trusted you as their Savior. I pray that they'll see the goodness of God, your love, your mercy, your compassion, your grace, and that today they'll trust you as their Lord and Savior. Please do your work in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.